It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm, so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, man. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night about it. A real C's fan wouldn't want to live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we gotta make it. Best squad in the East and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You can tell the mother guys are going plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear Well-respected in a city like Russell's career It's raining Jays, raining Jays. Millie's Hey there, welcome back This is the Lockdown Celtics Podcast And I want to thank you for making us part of your daily grind We are here for you Monday through Friday At least some of us are I am today I am John Corrales of the Rain and Jays, J. King, Jam Packard, off for today. I am going to take you through thoughts on the Pistons, thoughts on the Hawks, and then later on, I got tacos to hand out. I think I got four of them. Let's see if your four match my four when we get to that later on. First, quick note, the Toronto Raptors lost. It's their second straight loss, so if we're going to look at the standings, the Celtics are now... Two games behind the Toronto Raptors. I'm sorry, two games behind the Raptors in the loss column. Three and a half overall. So the Celtics are 20 and 11. The Raptors are 23 and 9. They lost to the Denver Nuggets tonight. If you look at the records against winning teams, as something I've done with the Toronto Raptors all season long, they're 10 and 7 against teams 500 and above. They're obviously they've beaten those teams, but. They've still not been great. Now, of course, the Celtics are currently 6-6 six and six against teams that are currently 500 or above, so it's not a criticism of the Raptors, but what I'm saying is the Raptors have flaws that people don't talk about in the national media. It's interesting because when we talk about the Celtics and people on the outside, they want to cut the Celtics down. They say that that eight-game win streak that was just stopped by the Pistons uh, that was all against bad teams. Well, the Celtics are twelve and five against teams below five hundred. The Raptors are thirteen and two against teams below five hundred. So, if you're going to criticize one, I want to hear where the people are criticizing the Raptors because they've gotten fat off of the weak teams. They've done what they're supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to beat bad teams. So the Celtics have finally gotten to beating bad teams. And the Raptors have beaten almost all of the bad teams. And just like everybody else, sometimes you win against a good team. Sometimes you lose when you play a good team. So the Raptors lost to a good team, the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets currently leading the Western Conference. That's wild. I know it's early, but that's wild still, nonetheless. So that is the current situation with the standings. The Celtics are going to go into Christmas with a chance hopefully, to get within a game or two of the top spot. Not bad. They're a game behind Philly. They're a game and a half against uh, behind Milwaukee. Two teams they face in the next two weeks. 
So they've got a chance to move up the standings. So all of the people who were worried, all of the people who wanted Danny Ainge to make a panic trade, all of the people who were pissed off, here we go. When I said, wait till Christmas, wait till, wait till Christmas to see how the Celtics will do, here we are. Coming up on Christmas, and the Celtics are in the mix. We didn't think they would be a fifth seed at this point. I'll grant you that. But they are clearly on the upswing. And they are potentially going to get up as high as third, second. If they can go out there and handle their business, they could go into Christmas or come out of Christmas as the second seed. They can control their own destiny. We'll see what happens. Al Horford, still not back. I don't know. I don't expect him back until Christmas, but that's just my guess. I have no inside knowledge of that. The Celtics have uh, said that they're going to take their time with it. They're not going to rush it. They want to get it right. They're not going to try to get it quick. So Al Horford would be great against the Milwaukee Bucks. They could really use him when they face like Robin Lopez. They can scheme him out and pull him out and really open things up. They could have used Al Horford against the Detroit Pistons. So why don't we get into that? We'll work our way backwards. The Detroit Pistons, the Celtics lost that game. Their win streak is snapped. Uh, final score there was 113 to uh, one, what was that? 113, 104. And I don't think the game was that close. Really a tale of two halves. So the Celtics in the first half against the Pistons shot 52%. They went into halftime down one. They It was a shootout, really. 33 points apiece in the first quarter. Detroit outscored the Celtics 24-23 in the second quarter. And then things started to fall apart. And I think this is a classic example of the second night of a back-to-back after five straight games where the previous day was a flight. So the Celtics had a flight, and then they played a game, and then a flight, and then they played a game, home, road, home, road. By the time they got to that second half against Detroit, when Detroit pushed, the Celtics had nothing left to push back. In the second half of that game, they shot 31.3%. In the first half of the game, like I said, 52.2. They shot 33.3, 5 of 15 from 3. In the second half, they shot 4 of 18, 22% or so. When the Pistons pushed in the second half, the Celtics had nothing. And if you watch that second half, it felt like every miss, every miss, was front rim. Every miss was front rim. That's what happens when you have no legs. That's what happens when you have no lift. It's at that point, and it's so easy. I hate to say it. I know people will sit there and say, stop making excuses. But it is what it is. When you've got, and they said it in the game, the heavy legs, when it's not there, it's very easy to quit. And for the, to their credit, they didn't quit necessarily. They lost the third quarter by six. They lost the fourth quarter by two. So it's not like they quit. They just didn't have that extra gear. Have you ever been running and you try to get that kick and the kick just isn't there? Have you ever had just a bad workout? If you, if you're one who lifts weights, have you ever gone and tried to pump out 10 reps and that seventh rep, your body's like, nope, you ain't got no more reps today, boy. And that's it. 
I've been there. Everybody's been there. If you've been in a weight room, if you've been on a treadmill, if you've been out there, when your body says nope, it's nope. And in the second half, body said nope. And that's what happened with the Pistons. Uh, Marcus Smart had a good game. It's kind of funny. Marcus Smart, when he has a good scoring game, when he has a good shooting game, the Celtics don't seem to do well. But Marcus Smart, got to shout him out, 5 of 7 from 3. It's like him and Marcus Morris switched bodies. Because Marcus Morris was 0 of 6 from 3 in this game, and Marcus Smart was 5 of 7. So, if you want to say that the two Marcuses combining for 5 for 13 from 3 makes sense, then that makes sense. It's just the wrong Marcus had the good shot, the, the good shooting night. Uh, Smart overall, 6 of 11 from the field, 54.5%. Four of six from the line. He had eight rebounds, three steals, uh, three assists. Just an overall great shooting night for him. Kyrie Irving was awesome again, but didn't shoot as well as he has been shooting. Uh, quiet, okay night for Jason Tatum in that game. Gordon Hayward, I thought, did good things, but the numbers, the box score were bad. Three of 11 shooting, 0 of 4 from three. Overall, the Detroit game was just bad. <sighs> This this pause here is when I get to my note about Jalen Brown. And it might be an opportunity here for me to stop talking about this game. Uh, I don't think there's much more to talk about with the Pistons game. The Pistons came out. They had a six-game losing streak. I think Brian Scalabrini was dead on in the broadcast where he said the Pistons came out looking like dead set on uh, stopping that losing streak. They came out and they played hard. The Pistons played very, very well. And like I said at the beginning of this segment, they uh, the Celtics really could have used Al Horford because when they had Daniel Tice out there trying to spread the floor like Al Horford would, that didn't work so well because defensively he just got muscled and Andre Drummond just went right through him. So Al Horford is sneaky strong and he can handle himself. Uh, not... He's not like Mr. Combat Muscles like some of the other guys we have, but it would have been great to have Al Horford out there. I think Al Horford would have made a big difference. I think the Celtics would have had a lot easier lanes, and it would have just changed the game. But, look, you play with the guys that you got. So, the Celtics, I guess you can say, wasted a good Marcus Smart game. Sometimes he's going to have... He went scoreless against Atlanta, and they won. So sometimes Marcus Smart's going to score, sometimes he won't. Uh, Jalen Brown was not good. Just back to being not good, and he's just going to have these struggles. He's going to be up and down. No, I will say he was sick, and maybe he's still sick. I don't know. I don't know. But against the Pistons, 1 of 4, 0 of 1 from 3. I mean, jeez, bad night. Two points, minus 9. In 22 minutes. In a game where the Celtics didn't have it, uh, he, it would have been nice to have him, a guy that was out for a little while, uh, be able to perform, but he just didn't have it. He didn't have it either. I'll talk more about Jalen Brown after the break. I want to shout out all of the people on the Instagram Live who heard the first segment. The Instagram is our Locked On Celtics Instagram. Go ahead and search for that. I will post things uh, from the games that I'm at, little stories. We'll post clips, post little things in our feed. And every once in a while, I will hop on this Instagram Live 
and do a Q&A, or I will do one of these uh, portions of the podcast broadcast live to all of you. So go ahead and search for that. When I come back, thoughts on the Atlanta Hawks game and Marcus Smart making a business decision against Vince Carter, which was funny. And later on, tacos. I got four tacos to hand out. Let's see if you've got the same four. We'll be right back here on the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. Let's brighten up the mood. What do you think? After that uh, first segment on the Pistons, let's work backwards. Get to Friday night. The Celtics put up 129 against the Atlanta Hawks. They beat the Hawks 129-108. It's the last game of the win streak. Little did we know that was the end of the eight-game win streak. Celtics uh, looked, obviously, good in the first quarter. They put up a 42-point first quarter. They barely missed in that. Obviously, the second quarter, a little problematic. They gave up a 19-0 run. They were outscored 37-25. They still went into the, the second half with a halftime lead. And they put up another 41 on the Hawks in the third quarter and kind of coasted to the 129-108 win there. Uh, not much, really, to take from a game like that. The Celtics did. Uh, obviously, they shot very, very well. And in a game like that, Look, they made mistakes, but when they're shooting as hot as they shot, 48% from the field, 48.5% uh, from the three-point line, they t- they put up 95 shots. This is this is exactly the type of shooting night that, well, I mean, obviously everybody wants a 48% shooting night, but 
when you put 95 shots up, a very, very fast-paced game, getting up a lot of shots, it was helped by a lot of Hawks turnovers, 24 of them. Celtics had 21 of their own. So the difference between this game really was the inability for the the Hawks to score. They shot 41, actually about 42%. The inability of them to score overall and the Celtics' ability to hit their threes and to take a lot and make a lot. So really beat a bad team. You had a lapse. But there's a little bit of foreshadowing here because Brad Stevens said after the Pistons game that they, you could see that there was some slippage defensively. And look, they let Kevin Herter go off for 19 points on 7 of 10 shooting and 5 of 8 from 3. That was not good. That was not good to let a guy uh, go off like that. And I think the Celtics, because they've been able to score so easily, so well, that they, they have experienced some lapses defensively and maybe that was also a function of being tired and coasting a little bit in some spots but that defensive intensity kind of let up and I think the lesson was learned against Detroit that some of the things that they were able to get away with in an eight game streak against bad teams is they're not going to be able to get away with those things moving forward. And it's important for the Celtics to kind of get that lesson every once in a while and and understand that things aren't going to come as easy as they have. And like I said in the first segment, you can't blame the Celtics for beating bad teams. But at the same time, you can blame them for picking up some lazy bad habits, which is probably par for the course again for, for a lot of these teams. If you've met very little resistance along the way, and then you finally meet some resistance. It is a um, it's a shock, a shock to the system. But the Celtics did do a good job on John Collins, who had been playing extraordinarily well. He did get to the line a lot. They fouled him a lot. He took 12 free throws. He did have 14 rebounds, 7 offensive, but he still only had 11 points on 2 of 8 shooting. So they minimized a lot of the damage there. So they did a decent job. Uh, they picked on poor Trey Young again, which that's just going to happen until Trey gets himself together defensively. They're just going to keep putting him in a blender. And Vince Carter, I want to shout out to the Celtics fans in the house who, when Vince Carter got that dunk, there was a big round of applause. Like they, the Celtics fans recognize that Vince Carter is a legend and they recognized that this might be the last time they ever see him play and they were cheering for him. And the best part about this is that when Vince Carter had that dunk, when he went up baseline, Marcus smart saw it and just bailed out, got out of the way. And now he saw it late, but I feel like he might have, if it was anybody else challenged that shot in any other situation who would have challenged that shot. But at that point, the game was pretty well out of control. At that point, he's seeing Vince gather. And he's like, you know what? I'm cool with this. 
making a business decision to get out of the way. And he got his balls bust, busted pretty good after the game for it. Guys roasted him a little bit in the media for it. But I don't blame him. I don't blame him. You don't want to go out and be that guy's highlight. Just let him have his dunk. Let the fans cheer. Everybody give him that respect. It's cool. Uh, so shout out to Vince Carter for that and to Marcus Smart for making us laugh in that moment. Uh, Got to give it up for Marcus Morris there for shooting as well as he did. Six of eight from three, seven of 12, 20 points in that game. Uh, I got not much else. I mean, what, what else is there to say when you beat the hell out of the Hawks? Not much. Not much at all. Next up, the Celtics will hopefully beat the hell out of the Phoenix Suns. The Celtics have a few days off. This is the Monday show, so they've got Monday off. they got a Tuesday practice, and then Wednesday night they play the Suns. Milwaukee on Friday, Charlotte on Sunday, and then Philly on Christmas at 5.30 before they head out on a Houston-Memphis-San Antonio road trip. Hey, by the way, if you're a Patriots fan, ugh, I know, right? I'm not feeling that great about that loss. But if you want to know what happened, go check out the Lockdown Patriots podcast. They've got the whole thing covered. If you are a Steelers fan, you want to celebrate that. Well, you can also hate listen to the Patriots podcast, but there's a locked on Steelers. There's a locked on NFL podcast for all your favorite teams. There's also locked on fantasy. There's two locked on fantasy podcasts, locked on NFL. Go ahead and check out all of the locked on NFL offerings, just like the locked on NBA side, just with football. So go subscribe wherever you found those podcasts. Up next. I'm going to get into the taco truck. We're going to start handing out some awards. Be sure to stick around for a lot more of the Locked On Celtics podcast. Time to hand out our weekly awards used to be the mystery machine it became Aaron Bain's big Australian boat this year it's the taco truck because Jason Tatum likes tacos and he tweets or Instagrams his tacos and uh, we just kind of latched onto that and we created the taco truck and we started to try to do it on Tuesdays and we keep forgetting so I'm just doing it for the Monday show because it's taco Monday too you can eat tacos any day of the week. First up, so we're going to do, the way this works is all week. So we've got the Pelicans, Washington, Atlanta, and Detroit games. So first up, it's going to be obviously Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is uh, just the standard on this. And in the four games uh, this week, just another spectacular stretch for Kyrie Working backwards, 26 against Detroit, 24 against Atlanta, 38 against Washington. He did not play in the Pelicans game. He shot extraordinarily well for two of those games. And uh, I think, look, let's see, 8, 10 of 22 from three for that stretch. Uh, only missed one free throw in three games. 10 of 10, 4 of 4, 2 of 3. And Kyrie just doing it all. Passing. He had 16 assists in in this stretch in this week. Just another 
fantastic week for Kyrie Irving. Kyrie is going to be just a, a regular. He's driving this taco truck. Not much more to say about Kyrie. He is awesome. I'm also going to put Mook on the taco truck. Marcus Morris, the Detroit game, I'm going to excuse because most guys did not play well in the Detroit game. His other three games were just amazing and enough to counteract the Detroit game because he had 31 against the Pelicans, he had 27 against Washington, and 20 against the Hawks. He shot 10 of 15 against the Pelicans, 11 of 20 against Washington, 7 of 12 against the Hawks. He was in those three games... 12 of 20 from three. Now, in the Pistons game, he was three of 10 and 0 of six from three. It was a rare miss. I wrote down this weird statistic. The Celtics are one in six in games where Marcus Morris does not make a three-pointer. So when he's 0 for whatever, the Celtics are one and six. They're also one in six in games where he scores single digits. So Marcus Morris just goes to show how important he is to this team this season. When when he's not doing well, the Celtics don't do well. Just goes along with the theory, the eye test that he's the most important player on the Celtics. It, that's or at least the most stable player. I guess Kyrie can be the most important player in the Celtics because when he's not on the floor, things tend to crater. But just when I say that, you guys know what I mean. That Marcus Morris, it's it's that not obvious choice. That Marcus Morris is sneakily super, super important to this team. So when he doesn't do well, the Celtics don't do well. And that kind of played itself out. I don't know if the, that's a very superficial statistic, but I think it, it does actually mean something. So Marcus Morris for his three spectacular games where he was super, super hot, on fire, definitely gets onto the taco truck. Jason Tatum gets on the taco truck. Jason Tatum had against New Orleans 10 of 16 shooting for 21 points. 12 points against Washington, 6 of 16, but then bounced back 8 of 14 against Atlanta for 22 points and 6 of 15 for 17 points against Detroit. I thought he was good. I thought he has shown a little bit more ability to create. Uh, I think especially for getting to the line over the last two games, five times and six times against Atlanta and Detroit, I'm putting him on. He's also been rebounding like a monster. I don't think people understand. He, he's our, our leading rebounder. He had 12 rebounds against Washington. Uh, he had eight rebounds against Detroit. He had six against the Pelicans. Only three against Atlanta, but... He also only played 20, well, he played 29 minutes. Just didn't rebound against Atlanta. Oh, well. Uh, I thought he was, in general, uh, really good. And then my fourth taco goes to the Time Lord. Yes. Save the best for last. The Time Lord gets a taco because not just for blocking shots. And in four games, he's averaging almost three blocks per game. He had five blocks against Atlanta. He had against the Pelicans that we talked about earlier this week, had a, a fine game. 
th- uh, 11 rebounds. He had seven points. He had three blocks. He had some decent defense against Anthony Davis. We talked about him making Anthony Davis work hard for the points that he got. And I think that uh, Robert Williams made a, a little bit of an impact this week. Besides that, besides that, he has electrified this fan base. I mean, he really has changed uh, people's opinions. He has made a noticeable impact just from him checking in. People rise up at the games. People get excited. When he blocks a shot, people go nuts. I mean, he really has this fan base just wrapped up. People are all in. They're all in on the Time Lord. And I don't care what people say about the nickname. You don't have to like it, but it's stuck. It's here. And whatever Danny Ainge says, too bad. That nickname is here. It's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. It's important for Danny Ainge to understand that this is not something that makes fun of him. It's not a tongue-in-cheek thing. It's actually people that were defending him. But the Time Lord Robert Williams, by the way, I posted this on RedsArmy.com. I also retweeted it. It's on my Twitter. That Harlem Globetrotters cartoon where they actually play a guy who is called the Time Lord in basketball and he was the center, I mean, is predetermined. I mean, this is predestined. Robert Williams can't actually bend space and time because that's just too much of a coincidence. That's just amazing. It was, a, it was a really awesome video. It was very well done. So it's on Red's Army on the morning dump on Sunday, and uh, it's it's on my Twitter. It's all over Twitter. If you're on Celtics Twitter, you've probably seen it. Awesome. But he really has captivated people, and I'm not kidding. I don't know if it comes across on TV, but when I'm at those games, he blocks a shot, and that place goes nuts, man. They really, really just love watching him do his thing. I'm excited for what he's going to be in the future. He's obviously got holes in his game. He obviously had trouble against the Pistons. He couldn't get on the floor. He couldn't stay on the floor. He wasn't strong enough to bang with those guys. So he's got a lot of work to do. But, I mean, if the Time Lord can't get a taco, then nobody gets a taco. Because he he gets one just for sheer excitement alone. That's it. That's the podcast. Hope you enjoyed having just me around. We'll have the rest of the guys here the rest of the week. But for now, I hope this was enough for you new listeners to subscribe. Hope you've enjoyed the show. And we really enjoy, if you are a new listener, I mean, we really do enjoy having you on, having you on board. I know we've picked up a few new listeners along the way, and it's awesome. We love having you guys around. Hope you're enjoying. We're trying to make this fun and informative and hope that this becomes something that enhances your Celtics experience. You regular listeners, thank you for giving us that five-star rating. Thank you for giving us a good written review. I've seen them. I love them. Thank you, thank you, thank you so, so much. Uh, I realize now that I probably didn't talk enough about Jalen Brown's struggles, but uh, we'll save that for tomorrow because really we've kind of talked that out. So we'll have something else to talk about tomorrow. We'll see what comes out of it. Also, tomorrow, well, Monday, at some point Monday, I'm going to make an announcement. There's an announcement. I have a a change in my life that I think you guys will enjoy. So that will be out there by the time we record the next podcast. So 
Stay tuned for that on Monday afternoon. I'm excited for it. I hope you guys will be excited for it. Uh, It is a very good thing. So that's a little thing we call a tease. We'll talk about it tomorrow on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. So go ahead and subscribe and help us out. Share the podcast. Spread the word. Tell everybody to listen to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.